I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James G. Miles. And I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And you're listening to Monster Mash. And on this week's episode, we are hunting Guys McGorm. And his son. Played the match. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a Jericho coming down. Now you know. Oh, bring the wall down. A gargantuan monster living in the darkest depths since ancient times. Guys Magorm's rock-like forearms boast tenacious strength which allows it to burrow underground. It has a symbiotic relationship with the Curio, and feeds on their life force for energy. Once it has chosen a place to nest, it collapses the surrounding rock bed to create an opening to the surface. The opening forms a massive crater in which it releases the Curio through. From the depth, its voice can be heard. The time has come. Depth it beckons. Come to me. As it feeds on stolen life, its power grows ever stronger. Until it finally reveals itself. Uh, that's bad grammar in that last sentence. Is that the website making it bad? In which it releases the Curio through. I'm looking at the game. Oh, I don't know then. You either don't want that in or you don't want that through. You can't have both. Mm. Sorry, English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, here we have the... the curio, right? I never, I never ever lost before. I think it's just one of those, you know, those, one of those situations where you read something and it's like it's clearly got a mistake in it, but you don't read the mistake. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So here I wasn't we have reading the... it out loud. I probably would have noticed. Sorry, Jay's trying to move us on from this boring chat. (laughs) Stop talking about grammar. (laughs) He's the grammar gorm now. Oh, no. (laughs) We um, obviously have the guys we gorm here, which is the uh, monster hunter tradition of having the big secret final boss. The true big bad, yeah. Turn up. The leader of the Curios. That's it. I was going to say, we didn't really talk about the Curios in Malzano, so it's good that we've got this second chance to rectify that. Did we not? I thought we did. Not we really. Did... We talked about the bloodening, but we, we didn't talk about the bloodening. Well, well, <laughs> I think the bloodening's kind of part of it, right? Because the curio was kind of powered up mm. to go in for it to go into that bloodening mm. state. But I think we're, we might, sort of we didn't thing. cover it a lot, then we're probably just saving it for this guy. Yeah, I do think the guys McGorm, even though he's not a recurring enemy to the same degree, obviously, as you're like your your Malzeno or. Um, Negagante in world, I think he's better set up in the overall story and the lore than the secret surprise final bosses of Base World and Iceborne. Because mm-hmm. um, um, those guys, Base World, I definitely agree. Yeah, that felt like completely separate to the story. Uh, I think the Iceborne one made sense because there was the singing the whole way through. 
and we knew Velkana wasn't the one singing. So I think it was kind of Wait, set up quite Shabra well. didn't sing. Well, it was like, yeah, it was, yeah, like, it was, making... it was vibrating, like basically vibrating. Yeah. Rock it form. still yeah, felt making like a, sound making, themes. Making singing, yeah. It still felt a little bit out of nowhere for me personally, mm. but I, I don't I think mean, the best, was... I think the best it's ever been done is, well, actually, Rise is pretty good because the idea of you're dealing with the rampage and then Magnamalo is just following the rampage, then you've mm-hmm. got to find out what's yeah. causing it. And then you find one, and then you find out that's just looking for its mate, which is the other one. So it kind of actually fits there. And I was going to say four, of course, is a great one. Because Gore and Shag are the same monster in a new form. So it doesn't feel like you're suddenly ditching the cool villain for something else. Yes. I mean, much like everything to do with Monster Hunter, four does it best. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, but... Because that's a classic JRPG fuck up I would say is having a cool villain but then ditching them for the final act to fight some vague nebulous force yeah the persona games are terrible for that because they've always got a really like cool villain with personal stakes um being built up across the whole story and they ditch that to eventually go oh the spooky demon was actually behind everything (laughs) 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 but at least you know Guys, McGorm, whilst you don't see him or know its name until he pops up, and I do want to talk about that cutscene in a bit because holy shit, um, he still this he still has a presence in the story. The good, like cycle about it all when you look at it, it's like a full kind of proper like kind of cycle of the guys McGorm like nesting puts out these curios which infects the Malzano, which then infects other monsters, and then obviously there's the big mm-hmm. reveal of the guys McGorm, and then even more monsters get affected and that's what your end game mm-hmm. loop is. And also you've got that, they talk about this big crater, obviously that's formed near the um, Citadel. You, can, even, Citadel. you can see it from the village. Yes, that's right. And there are all, all the research crew are like, well, Malzero couldn't have caused that, surely. Um, well, even you you can just look at it and be like, that wasn't caused by Malzero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you actually see the cutscene where Guy's McGorm begins create, creating a massive hole in the ground and literally pulls itself up from the bowels of the earth. Like, the yeah. way you just see its hands kind of clinging onto mm-hmm. the surface. No, it's kind of funny and... seeing now that shot of his hand coming out of, like, the, the abyss. Mm-hmm. When, mm. That was in one of, like, the earliest, like, kind of trailers, or maybe, like, the last trailer before the game released. Everybody oh, really? saw that. Everybody saw that arm, and they just people knew about the kind of curio system at the time. Mm. In some way, like everybody thought that arm was a curious, like anomaly, Arzuros, because that arm is kind of similar to Arzuros's claw. Really. It's just a lot bigger. Imagine that was the big reveal. A big Arzuros did it all. <laughs> Super Mate, can you imagine the pop I'd have given up <laughs> yeah. if the final boss was just some a, kicker just a big bear. <laughs> Kaiju-sized bear. But even beyond like the Monster Hunter story, thematically, he makes so much sense as a final boss because they've done this gothic monsters thing, right? Of Frankenstein, werewolf, Dracula. And it's like, after Dracula, where do you go? Well, it's obvious. Satan. 
I, mean, I beat I'm, I beat Mazzino with my brother, and he was asking me like, "Oh, so is there another boss?" I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Where do they go after Dracula?" I was like, "Well, think about it." And he's like, <laughs> "What the devil?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I suppose that does make sense as a progression of sorts. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like speaking of like the, the kind of link to the devil, the whole thing about it in that cutscene pulling itself out of the pits of the earth. Um, mm. Do you remember quite quite a early David Tennant episode of Doctor Who? Like, oh yeah, I know like, the one you mean. Yeah, like where he literally goes to it's the quite, of the earth. I think of it as quite a decent episode, but I like it. Yeah, I like that one. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's kind of what it reminds me of, like literally this massive pit in the earth with the devil, like just waiting down there. Obviously, guys with Gorm just waiting in the bells of the air for the chance to do it. Decides to pop out and say hello, world. And uh, you get treated to that really good cutscene of the like massive boat contraption <laughs> with the Admiral coming along to like push Super it back down. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, because you get the real impression, obviously, like you see it poking out, like, this thing cannot be loose on the surface. Holy shit. We need to get this back underground and deal with it pronto. Um, so they do a good job of initially, even though you've not seen it up to that point, really building up his threat level from the, the word go. Hell yeah. Yeah, because, um, yeah, the the boat, when you first find out about it, they sort they sort of skirt around it and say it's oh it's just in case, and then you have the scene where you've beaten Malzino and everyone's like, like most of the village is celebrating, but then the people in the know are like, eh, maybe it's not mm. time to celebrate just yet. Mm. And then the well, I got, does always got the impression they were kind of using the boat to scout areas anyway around like the like the big crater. Um, but the way yeah, but the way they talk about it is like it's a super weapon boat. Yeah. yeah. And when you see it, that does not look like it's useful for scouting. It's a floating tank. Yeah, they, they do pretty much say like, uh, I think like the, the Bihari's like, uh, yeah, the Admiral's got something in his back pocket. I'm not sure why he needs it, but, and then eventually mm. they kind of start building it up and building it up as the curios are still about. And, well, um, speaking of the Admiral, about, he's... They bring it up a couple times that he's from the Citadel and that was his home when it was destroyed. Mm-hmm. So he did he know that it was Guys Magon that did it? Like, did he know it wasn't Malzino and he'd actually seen Guys Magon when he was a kid or something? Maybe he didn't. I think so. I think it's just easier yeah. for him to assume because he's from the place that it happened in. Yeah. Could have been. But yeah, yeah, he didn't actually see the monster that did it. Yeah. Because yeah, that, that would get into cool, like, gothic horror stuff if as a little kid he saw this unspeakable demon. Mm. Like, Gunlance Arlo is like, also, like, also the other guy from Gunlance Arlo. Like, he's from the Citadel as well. Okay. He's, uh, he looks older Driven than mad with the knowledge. <laughs> What do you um? What do you think of it from like an actual visual design standpoint? I like that it's it seems tied to um, Nawa and Ibushi. Yes, but like the... whereas their whole thing was light, right, with all the air sacs and they're floating on the wind, 
And it's like, what if it was that same basic creature design, but heavy? And it's got big head charms and it's dragging itself across the floor because it's such a beast and it's covered in rocks. Only works out its front set of arms, though. Like the t- the two back ones are kind of a yeah. bit a bit emaciated, emaciated there, even. Um, they're almost like wings, right? I'm like, like the big ones think are about kind of like wings because you've got the smaller. Kind of like vestigial arms, yeah, arms yeah. yeah. Think about it for a human person, like trying to remember to work out legs this day, forearms this day, that like imagine having two sets of arms. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think my champs are walking around like, oh look at Greg, he skips lower arm day? <laughs> my champs are never skipping lower arm day. They're they're perpetually hench as fuck. <laughs> yep. Can you imagine a skinny machamp? It'd be gross. <laughs> Have I told you my Jabba the Hutt thing? I don't think Jabba the Hutt has ever come up in conversation, so probably not. I was really disappointed in the prequels when we saw more Hutts, and they were fat too. I was hoping when we finally saw more of his species, they would all be these, like, life snake men, and he was was just actually a fat bastard. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been way funnier. They were all these like cool serpent men slithering around and doing stunts, and Jab was just this big fat doing so stunts. <laughs> yeah. I just imagined one of the huts like doing a like cool skateboard trick or something like that. There when you said that, well, it's like it's like flipping itself off of beams with its like big snaky tail, you know. <laughs> like put on a circus to the Salisio. This is the prequels I'm talking about, so. There needs to be they need to make like a fan version of that now. It's too, too good of an idea. Oh dear. Um, but I do like the obviously the the most like clear cut tie to the kind of satanic design influence is obviously the big kind of horns on its head. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. yeah, when it opens be... its mouth, it's kind of a pentagram as well. Eh, I wouldn't say I've noticed that, but. I, again, I, I suppose I'm not really looking at his big mouth when it's open. I'm probably running away and trying to dodge because it usually results in a big old laser beam coming up after that. Yeah, fair. Um, well, it's its second form as well. When it, it's sort of very well, you know, we talk about the bloodening, right? Um, when it's all black and it's got the big red wings made of flame, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's doubly satanic in that form. That's very, um, very Balrog, which obviously as well is mm. you know, pretty demonic. What do, you, uh, what do you think of the fight as a whole? Um, I, I maybe this is one of my favourite examples of this kind of final boss fight because you're actually fighting it with your weapons for the most part. Yes, I think this monster design because it uh, hangs its body so low. You can attack it everywhere, not just its, um, like, you know, something like Xenogiva, you're just whacking at its ankles because you can't hit the rest of its body. Mm-hmm. Whereas this guy, because he sort of drags himself along, you've got plenty of options to attack him. And then you also get little Ballista segments when he tries to climb. There's a, We didn't even use our Dragonator in that one. Yeah, we did. I, I, I popped it. I popped it. Yeah, it got popped okay. like, after like, the first set of rocks yes. when he kind of 
Sucks and then also you, there's and you too, dear listener, can verify if, I, if we did use a Dragonator in the video version of the hunt, which will be coming out next week. Was it when I went for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. No, 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 no that, 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 was that was way too early. It was just like, way too yeah. early. Yeah, I think you were right on top of the Dragonator like button that That's you right. press. So it's kind of hard to see. Everyone was kind of up close to the monster mm. when it happened. I think. And then in the the first time you hunt it, the actual urgent, Theo reigns with you, and she does that cool bit where she jumps up with the wire bug and stabs it in the face to stop it climbing. Shield, shield bash. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think, whilst obviously Rise and as a whole isn't cinematic as, you know, the likes of maybe, uh, the world obviously with its visuals to back it up. One thing I will say that Rise is definitely got going for it is it's a lot more anime <laughs> than anything else in yeah. the series and <laughs> i think that moment is peak anime <laughs> you know like what the one of the characters having their kind of plus ultra moment and 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 helping you out when it looks most dire um and i'm pretty sure in um in the urgent fight after fearing does that is that when proof of a hero kicks in usually I think yeah because that, that's yeah. usually the final topple so yeah, when you got this second set of ballistas and well, the top owner hunt like that swing, put the hero kicks in. Do you remember in the All Mother fight? There's the bit where Magnamalo turns up, <laughs> and it turns out other monsters can turn up instead. Yes, it would be cool if you could go back to that hunt with other NPCs, and they all get different versions of the big hero moment. <laughs> That'd be cool. Be a lot are, of work. They are adding. But... You can take you can take the NPCs on any quest. Be a lot of work, obviously. Yeah, like I don't like those animations, that, but it's still be still be. You can fun. never you can you can never go back and do your like urgent again. Like that's always like a no. But you can go back and do the quest, and with update three, you can take NPCs on any quest. Oh yeah, you can take them with you on the quest. Yeah. So it's not impossible. Either. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying it's not going to show that cutscene. It would like, be cool. I thought you were getting that like show. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm getting at. But it's, it's not. It's not impossible. Right. They could add it. I don't think they will. I'm just saying it would be cool. That's what was like cool about Monster Hunter, like it's a memorable moments where like you can uh, you only get one shot at your urgent or like in the before guys in the garden, you do that special Lunagaron. Oh man, we gotta talk about that. Yeah, because that's kind of your lead into the cutscene mm. we were talking about earlier on where you know, guys McGorn are up from the earth. Um that felt I was expecting to have like a moment from generations where you fight here's here's if I just fight you're just fighting a bullfango, don't worry, it's just a just a bull drum rather. And then obviously it ends up being Glavinus or something like that, or Mizzitsy, mm-hmm. I can't remember which. I thought that's what we were gonna get when the Lunagaran turned up, but instead it's almost almost it definitely kind of leans obviously it's not a scary moment but it's definitely that kind of unsettling horror vibe they're going for yeah horror vibes yeah there's no um also did you figure out there it's not quite no endemic life because you can still get spirit birds by cutting bushes Mm. Uh, yes i did did see that so i probably say it's like the ones in the bushes are they're hidden so hidden. so. so i was still able to get a bit of health and stuff and then, yeah, there's just, like, dead monsters lying around. Mm. And just this one crazed Lunagaron. It is a really cool scene. Mm. And I suppose it's... Uh, it's something we've not really had that I can think of off the top of my head, where 
they really show what is the worst case scenario that could happen if we let these monsters just run rampant. Like they always talk about it, saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is this monster is going to devastate a village," or, or if we if we let this monster continue its path, it'll mm. blow up most in, of the new world. But in older games, they used to do it where if you did an elder dragon hunt, there were no small monsters. Yeah, so that but that was a little touch of it, but yeah, this is a, this was because the world is so much more alive, and this was so much more dead. And they really lean into it with like the the creepy music and the silence mm. and stuff. It was a yeah a much harder version of that. Mm. Yeah, th- yeah, it was the Curio, right? It just sucked the life out of everything. The mm. only other thing I can think of that would that kind of drives home the real threats these Elder Dragons actually pose to the ecosystem. Bizarrely, is that Legends of the Guild movie, <laughs> like where they talk yeah. about <laughs> if we don't stop this Lunastra, what's going to happen? <laughs> Or Teostra, whichever I can't remember which one it was. Um, yeah, you, and also you do see it just like wrecking a village, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this you actually see the impact on the actual world that you've you've been playing and hunting in the whole game. So, hmm. yeah, well done, well done, devs. One thing I do like about the fight, actually, that we never really touched upon. Um, just thinking about it is it's like the return of the old um, behemoth mechanic of hiding behind the big rock <laughs> to um, <laughs> avoid the super attack. Obviously, it's nowhere near as devastating as if you fuck up the behemoth uh, fight. Um, but they had similar in um, All Mother as well, though. Did it? Yeah, there were bits where it would send. There would be like a bit you had to hide behind and a bit you had to climb on. There was that, but there was also there was one where, similar to that, there's a little rock you hide behind and it did a big slam attack. I don't remember that. I remember having rocks to climb upon, but I don't think there was a moment where you had to dodge an attack. There's ones, I think, I think what you're thinking of is there's a a beam attack she does and it's like, it sends out rocks and you're generally, you're meant to be in front of like a little ramp rock that's like a ramp that helps you jump over the little circular beams that's it yeah that's right yeah 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 yeah. but um, also that rock though like that's the thing like sometimes it's just you get lucky you based on who who's been targeted at that time Hmm. it also kind of leans into the because that's the same point it does the big kind of um obviously wind attack where it tries to suck you in and then uh, yep. it pulls in all the kind of explosive rocks, which is like meant to be bits of his body. Like I don't understand like what that's coming from. Like what what, what are we knocking that's off? What, that's what it's been sleeping in underground, I guess. Oh, like it's well, like the red rocks are like. Well, you see, assume the red crystals like are, it's crystallized versions of the curios, right? It okay. is a metaphor for how Satan's evil doings will be his downfall. Against the loving power of Christ. It's just like being back okay. in church. <laughs> I always thought I could have made a good priest. <laughs> if no, I believed no. in Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. There's also moments in the fight, like talking about another super boss, that it does remind me of the pair from World. Like 
it does a version of that kind of super beam that Shara does mm. in Iceborne. And there's points where it kind of does that move that Xenogiva does, where it kind of slams its legs and if it falls into the ground, it kind of pushes down and makes a big explosion. Um, I did notice that as well, but that was just obviously I don't think it's a, a, a official it, reference. It may just be them kind of pulling some ideas. From it's just a ones. similar kind of move, yeah. Yeah, but it, it yeah. didn't have the ridiculous numbers that the two world bosses have. I feel, and that's just Rise overall, right? It never quite goes as difficult as World did. No, no, that's 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 true. Which, to a point, I'm I, fine I, with. I, I enjoyed the game. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I don't need a super difficult time to enjoy myself. Um, and I beat every monster in this game solo the first time. I don't know if I could have done that in World. Yeah, I think. I think Xenogiva is 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 all right, but I think Shara I thought was a bit overtuned. Like talking I think about if, the. If I was playing for a long time and doing loads of side stuff and getting great gear, maybe. But the way I was just trying to bash through it for this podcast, hell no. No, yeah. Anything on the name of the monster, Luke? Yeah, so obviously the Gaia comes from, like, the Earth. So it's like, and then I think Gore, same as with Gore Megala, means like evil or terror or whatever. So it's like this horror from within the earth. Mm. And then the the title, like Archdemon of the Abyss, like if you needed any more hints that this was Satan. <laughs> <Yeah>. like it's <laughs> literally Abaddon. Um, and I was looking stuff up. One thing that's pretty cool, one of the um, item descriptions, uh, the Winklaw says... A wing claw from the Archdemon of the Abyss, with no hint of the divine heights it once knew. Ah, so definitely like Lucifer falling from heaven. Yeah, is... and then also because it's tied to like um, Ibushi, Ibushi and, and yeah. Nawa, right? Oh, Which yeah, sort of yeah. live in the clouds and are kind of angelic. Yeah, yeah, this is one that's fallen, fallen from so that's grace. Pretty cool. Yeah, that is that is yeah, interesting. I'm surprised they didn't lean into this being. Um, because the whole point thing with Rise White was trying to stop them mating. They didn't lean into this being one of their children. Um, so it just occurred to me, but yeah, I feel like well, I think that would have made a little bit of sense. Separately assume that like you just you stopped, you've done your job in Rise, and you stopped. That's yeah, not happening. Yeah, this but like because this has been lurking underground. It's like oh, the last time there was a. Um, Rampage, they did make a baby, and this is what's been gestating this whole time. Oh, head cannon accepted. <laughs> I like I like the idea of it being more a primal evil, like yeah, we don't know oh, its yeah, origins. Definitely. Yeah, like yeah, the devil, right? Like going back to that Doctor Who episode. One of the reasons it's so good is it's it doesn't have any sci-fi explanation. They just they go to a planet, and in a cave down there is Satan. Yes. <laughs> And some aliens with spaghetti hanging out their mouth. Oh yeah, that's the first Ood episode, isn't it? <laughs> it's the first Ood episode, yep, yep. <laughs> so next time, we're taking a little break from fighting monsters. Um, and we're going to talk about 
what would be on our Christmas list if we were going to fight the monsters of the future. And by that I mean, we're going to talk about our wishes for a potential Monster Hunter 6. Um, so join us for that one. After that we'll be taking a couple of weeks break to enjoy the festive season. So um, we'll be back in the new year after that, but please make sure you tune in next week and uh, hear us ruminate on the sign of things to come. But until then, Luke, where can they find us? You can find us on Twitter at Monster Mash Pod if Twitter's still up by the time this one is. <laughs> We're also on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Just search Monster Mash Podcast and make sure you tell your friends who play Monster Hunter to give it a listen. And uh, please all join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You're not going to make it a Thy will be done. <laughs> Let us talk about bug snacks. <laughs> When's uh, when's the Bug Snacks podcast happen? If I play it, <laughs> yes. And also, just bug, bug mash. Oh my god! So, do you remember I told you about Sunday beef? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally didn't. Either didn't notice or forgot to mention. Do you know what the shop literally next door is called? No. Mash Cafe. Ah, it's a sign. It's a sign. <laughs> did you say all these businesses look? <laughs> if I did, I wouldn't still be an English teacher. <laughs> and uh, I know he's not been on the show for a while, but he's forever in our hearts. And Jas. Yeah, tweet at Andy Man again for nine and just ask him. Where the hell he's been? Like, why he's not been on a WhatsApp podcast in a while? Or call him out. Why would you even ask him? Like, if Twitter is even alive, like then probably be on massive host. Well, will or be on Gamoth? <laughs> yeah, our own our own social networking platform coming soon. Monster Mash presents the Gamoth. Well, on that note, thank you for listening. See ya. Cheerio.